This podcast is powered by The Plug. Hi, everybody. Thank you for joining in with us today. This is the very first episode of Mile High Mentors. We're extremely excited to get this project up and rolling. We want to give a uh, shout out to Denver Open Media for providing us with all of the tools, the studio, and as well as others, the resources to produce really, really great content. Be sure to follow us on social media at Connor Duby for behind the scenes content as well as updates and information on what's going on with the show. I'm your host, Connor Duby. Very, very pleased to announce our first guest on Mile High Mentors. He is a serial entrepreneur, author, real estate investor. He was featured on CEO Magazine for High Growth Ventures, as well as the founder and president of Active Blogs, a digital marketing agency, and a personal mentor of my own, Mr. Mark Duby. Thank you for joining in with us today. You're very welcome. I'm happy to be here. We're very excited to have you. Thank you so much. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Good, good. Well, uh, we really appreciate you uh, coming down to the studio all the way from Fort Collins, Colorado. Love, love being here. Awesome. I appreciate the invitation. Yeah, so to, to give our audience a little bit of insight and background as um, about yourself, uh -huh. can you give us a little more history starting kind of from your childhood and, and kind of uh, to the point where you are now in your life? Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. So basically, I grew up in um, Westchester County, New York, which is right outside of New York City. And uh, by the time I made it through college, I probably had 20 different jobs. <laughs> 20 different jobs. 20 different jobs. My I goodness. bet there's not a whole lot of people that can say that. Probably not. What are some of the, what are some of the top jobs that you had uh, worked? Well, none of them were top jobs. What are, I've what had are, many. I've had many great jobs. Which give me I've, the top best, and give me the worst of all <laughs> of all those jobs that you've worked. Well, I don't think um, on the jobs between um, high, or during high school and college, uh -huh. I don't think any of them could be considered top jobs. Right. So I'll just give you a list of some of the jobs. Okay. They're probably all pretty equal. Okay. I'll okay. be sure to take notes on this. Yeah, take notes on okay. this because um, I have the feeling it has something to do with my uh, later um, things that I, endeavors in life. Okay. And, and I kind of feel like some of these things that I did really created a pathway um, towards in the right direction mm -hmm. for owning businesses, investing in real estate, right. and um, authoring some uh, publications. Right, yeah. that's awesome. So, okay, so um, I, I started out, I have to think about what that first job is mm -hmm. or was, but I really think that first job was working at the Guiding Eyes for the Blind. <laughs> Guiding Eyes for the Blind was a uh, nonprofit that um, helped seeing eye dogs kind of get placed into the right people. Wow. Yeah, so like here I am, I'm on my way to like changing the world and becoming a better um, person by helping people get guide dogs, uh -huh. but, <laughs> but there's a but. <laughs> it was, it was one shovel at a time. So basically, <laughs> okay. I was uh, shoveling the kennels at oh, Guiding perfect. Eyes for the Blind. So it, you can really say my first job was uh, really a kind of a poopy one. <laughs> <laughs> perfect. That's, that's, that's good. So, yeah. so was that kind of one of the er earlier on jobs or that was my first then, one yeah the very first yeah. one i think i probably poop. started that one around 13 or so you know i think a lot of us have probably started with poop <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i think everybody starts with a poop job. i did not think this yeah. was uh, gonna be the direction but please but please continue what are what what are some of the other um things that have led you into what what being an entrepreneur today right well here's you know here's why it is the direction is because I've done so many jobs, you're going to hear about more of them, and you're going to understand why I became an entrepreneur and Please. why I decided I don't ever want to have to do these jobs again. <laughs> I mean, I think they're really, really important jobs, and I learned a little bit about each of them. Right. But most of them, what I learned was 
hey, I want to be doing something else. Right. <laughs> okay. So, uh, so um, I, I believe my second job um, after that job was probably mowing lawns. Mm -hmm. You know, most kids probably got things like, you know, um, kites or boats or things for their birthday. Right. Well, my dad bought me a, a tractor a and a lawnmower, <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't really buy it for me. He said, I can pay this off one lawn at a time. Huh. And so, um, so that was really my second job is I um, went, went door to door and mowed lawns for our neighbors and shoveled uh -huh. driveways. And, um, and we, um, uh, this is still in high school, and we uh, pulled large stumps out of the ground for people, and we pretty much were too dumb to say no to anything <laughs> at that point in time. So yeah. I'd give you, give you five bucks to pull that, you know, 5,000-pound stump out of the ground. Done. <laughs> yeah. Two months later. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, yeah. cool. Awesome. Yeah. And I eventually, um, I started out doing that, and then I eventually um, actually started a little business. One of my little side jobs in high uh -huh. school was a little business with uh, my friend uh, Peter Berardi. Okay. And um, obviously we named it Marpet Services, Mark and Pete. And, you know, hey, we had a business going. Did that you have a, a little logo? bit later on? I'm going to tell you about a few more of my amazing jobs that. Uh, Please. Did you me. have a logo? Did you have a oh, logo? Oh, yeah, we absolutely had a logo. Yeah? I think it was like a Design stump it? coming out of the ground. A stump. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Nice. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, give, give us some, um, uh, if there was one job you had to pick out of those that list of about 20, what was really the one that initiated that entrepreneurial uh, venture, kind of kicked, you're like, this, this is a thing, I'm ready to go launch into my next venture? Gutting fish at a fish market. Gutting fish at a fish market. There you have it. The secret to entrepreneurialism, gutting fish at the fish market. We don't even need to do much more no, after that. I think, <laughs> I think I just ended the conversation right there. It, it doesn't really go well on dates, but. Where, yeah. <laughs> where was this? Ever went over where, where were you gutting fish? Um, um, where was I gutting fish at a fish yes. market in New York? In New York. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it was think, a very fast pace. You were, yeah. were you were you like wrapping up and tossing fish um, to one another, like you see kind of in the in the movies and stuff like that. Oh yeah, 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 absolutely. But I was I don't even think I was getting to touch the fish. I was getting uh -huh. to touch the insides of the fish. Somebody <laughs> else got to touch the fish. <laughs> so, yeah, I think it was one of the jobs that my mom threw at me. You know, kind of like, hey, I've got a kid, and he'll work for almost free. <laughs> Yeah. So out of all of the jobs that you had, um, or I guess out of the jobs of dealing with dead fish, yes. you got the crappiest of crap jobs of dealing with dead fish. You know, you could oh, yeah. be placing fish on ice, but you were gutting those things. Yeah, yeah. I would, I would probably go with the, um, the shoveling of the, uh, you know, shoveling at this gliding eyes for the blind center before I go back <laughs> to the fish thing. <laughs> and you're still a fisherman after that. That's pretty <laughs> yeah. surprising, actually. Yeah, it is surprising. Yeah, I just don't eat them. <laughs> I just don't eat them. <laughs> so, so gutting fish. I see what's inside really... of them. So I've seen what's inside oh, of them. I man. don't eat them. Go ahead. I'm that sounds, sorry. That sounds, that sounds um, like a blast. Yeah. And so gutting fish was really that thing that kicked off. I'm, from this point, I'm not going to do these types of dirty jobs anymore or the manual labor type positions, I, I want to be an entrepreneur. That was the thing that kicked, you, kicked it off. No, I think there was a couple more that kicked it off. That uh -huh. was one of the ones that probably propelled me to not want to do it. To transition yeah. from I those think types it was, of dirty jobs. Yeah, I think it was probably milking the cows at 4 o'clock in the morning. I think that one really got me on the dairy farm. We've got dog yeah. poop. We've got gutting fish and milking cows. There you go. The That's secret to entrepreneurialism. Um, you know, again, uh, pro probably most people never heard of picking rocks. Do you know what picking rocks are? That was another right. part of my uh, farm is that when, job. Is that when they go to bring the tractors in and you got to haul the large rocks out of the way so they don't shoot out and, yeah. uh, you know, kill the farm animals? Yeah, but I was never the guy on the tractor. I was always the guy <laughs> in front of the bucket having to pull these massive rocks and go... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. That was pretty I great. was that guy. And yeah. for you guys listening on on uh, audio right now on the podcast, that's going to sound pretty pretty great. That yeah. uh, the lifting of the rock. Yeah. What yeah. was your What was your transition from those dirty, heavy lifting jobs into the professional world? 
Well, I think the pro uh, probably my first professional um, job was, uh, uh, oh, I know, uh, selling real estate. Mm -hmm. I think that was kind of like coming out of college. Um, I, I was still, I was a waiter, I was a bartender. I did all these things, yes I did. Uh -huh. but, you know, so those kind of led me into a little bit, you know, a little bit more people-oriented jobs right. and kind of out of the fish guts and at least in front of people. And then um, from the waiter, uh, thing and the bartender where you really learn to work with people um, from there you know I think I was just graduating college and then I went into real estate from there right. so yeah I loved the tips and I loved the you know basically I was a waiter in order to feed myself through um, becoming a realtor because in the beginning of becoming a realtor it really is dry there for a little while yeah there's a lot a big long building process before you're making any money so and why is that yeah I waited tables to eat yeah I should have a sign so becoming I wait tables to eat so becoming a um, a real estate agent that was your side hustle for a while as you were starting off and working in the restaurant job so why is that? And, and I'm sure a lot of folks that may be watching could be looking to transition and, and real estate might be one of their first ventures. Mm, yeah. um, what's something that they should really understand going into the real estate uh, business? Yeah. Well, um, so I just want to say that the real estate or the, the restaurant business and being a waiter and a bartender was my side hustle to make it to make it through real estate, yeah, you know, right. I had to put gas in my car. You know, you're doing a lot of investing in yourself in the beginning of, you know, right. real estate. So. Now, what do you mean by investing in yourself? So investing, um, so when you're waiting tables, you make money every night. Uh -huh. And so you need to pay rent, you need to, you know, pay, put gas in your car and food in your belly. So, mm -hmm. um, so when you're starting a real estate career, you are um, learning the business, you're building up a clientele, you're fumbling through your first deal. Right. And the funny thing about real estate is you can get all the way to the end and have a transaction fail on you and you're still broke as right. you were before. So. <laughs> right, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's tough. What, what, what were some of the bigger struggles of doing that, of um, going into real estate? Oh, so some of the bigger struggles, there's lots of struggles going into any business. Okay. And so um, I'd say one of the things about real estate is um, it's very competitive. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of people do the same thing. Mm -hmm. And so um, I'd say finding a way to become unique in an industry where everybody kind of offers and does the same thing. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's a great point. Yeah. So today in 2017, what... What is that? How would you differentiate yourself uh, well, as an agent or someone oh, starting I see. a business? Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, boy. You know, there's I, a, in a, in a market, hyper, yeah. you know, let's say real estate agents, insurance agents in a market where there's a lot, um, that's a, that's a, there's a lot of competition there. Yeah. How in 2017, how do you differentiate yourself? Well, I, I think that the, I mean, honestly, I believe the, importance and the secret that you have to do in almost any industry you're in, mm -hmm. um, even though I, I would say real estate is hyper competitive mm -hmm. and they, people kind of mostly do the same thing. Um, I'm not a professional real estate marketer. However, I would do whatever it takes to add value in a different way. Mm -hmm. What most people do is kind of the same old thing. Hey, do you want a free market analysis? Well, God, that thing was gone with the <laughs> 90s, you know? Okay. You know, and, uh, and then uh, in the 2000s, it's, you know, if we don't buy your house, you know, if we don't sell your house, we'll buy it. That right. thing's so old, you know. Really, I think just putting the time and effort and energy into finding just a way to add value. I can't say what that specific thing is right here and yeah, right now, absolutely. specifically towards real estate. However, just <clears throat> like any other business, how do you get that leg up on the competitor mm -hmm. and how do you offer something that nobody else is offering? Great. Yeah. That's, that's great. Your, your marketing agency has been around for over 16 years, which yeah. is astounding for this type of industry. What 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 was the transition to from real estate into the marketing business? 
Gotcha. Yeah, so I'm going to say um, the real estate from transition or the transition from real estate into the marketing business uh, wasn't it wasn't direct from real estate into the marketing business. Uh -huh. I had two other steps that I went through that were I'm going to say very crucial to get into the um, marketing agency business. Uh, the first one is I went to work with one of the most successful entrepreneurial firms in the world, I believe. Wow. And um, yeah, and who, it, who it, was it's it? A, it's a company. Uh, it's a, okay. Yeah, it's a company that I've never seen anything like it. The brilliance, they totally um, turned an industry around. Are they still around today? They are. Wow. And this was way before Uber, and um, they kind of disrupted the real estate industry. Uh huh. And, um, and one of the beautiful things about it that I think everybody should recognize is that um, they're from right here in Denver, Colorado. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I went to work for uh, um, Dave Linegar uh -huh. and the Remax uh, company, right? You know, kind of when it was, you yeah. know, maybe a third of their, you know, a third of the way in. They were already so this is semi-successful. This you're is Remax, to. yeah. Okay. And so kind of in their early humble beginnings boy and they they really came from you know they built themselves up from one person you know uh, the founder of the company right to probably you know the largest real estate company in the world right and and just a, a super success story yeah I happen to be able to get firsthand exposure to the people that were you know doing that and you get around successful people you work around successful people you see how they think you th see how they act and Boy, you don't even realize how much that rubs off on you. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now this is really this is really pertinent. How did you get connected with those those folks that have had a lot of success already? What was it that got you your foot in the door with them? Got you engaged? Was able to learn from them? Walk us through that. Yeah. So um, you're talking about specifically with Remax. Specifically with yeah with yeah. Remax and that in the successful team that you yeah. started out with at Remax, how did you yeah. get engaged with them? Yeah, no worries. Is, is yeah, I think yeah. I get it. So, so basically, I was a real, you know, I was selling real estate um, at that period of my life, and I realized, you know, something was kind of missing. Um, I, you know, I was younger, and I really did how, not. How old were you ab about uh, this time? I'm gonna say 22-ish, 24-ish. Okay. Yeah, and I realized, cool. you know, all my friends weren't working on the weekends, and I really didn't want a job that I was, that I, it w uh, the real estate industry is kind of inverse of what the rest of the world does. So right. people want to look at real estate when everybody else has off. Right. Right. And then nobody wants to look at real estate during normal business hours because they're too busy doing right. other working. So I just realized I didn't really like to be a super successful real estate agent. Uh -huh. You really had to be on call 24-7 and mostly in those periods of time. So I was young. Yeah. I was 22. I really wanted to kind of, you know, mountain bike and fish and right. have fun and you know, do all those things that a 22-year-old was doing. Still, su yeah. surprising you wanted to fish after yeah. that first job. Yeah, really. <laughs> I still wanted to work hard. You know, I wasn't a slacker. I just wanted, I just didn't want the main period of what I was doing to be during the night times and weekends. That's great. So, um, so anyway, so I decided that I wanted to get into a more of a business career. And so mm -hmm. I kind of reached out and um, How did you reach out? Um, I actually, I actually um, probably did it a lot differently. I didn't wait for a job ad. Uh -huh. um, I didn't wait, you know, for a recruiter to recruit me. I didn't wait for Remax to call me. I just knew I kind of wanted to be on the business side of real estate, mm -hmm. and so I some somehow bumped into a advertisement for um, for Remax. They were selling Remax franchises, mm -hmm. and I just called probably the marketing director just directly. I cold called the guy. Yeah. You know? Hey, Mark, you know, hey, Bob, this is Mark. Who the heck are you? Well, <laughs> you know, I'm looking at your advertising. You know, I think what you're doing is amazing. I'd love to be a part of it. When do you want to talk about it? And he, he actually had me drive five hours to, uh, wow. yeah, to Maryland. Um, it wasn't even to Denver. He happened to be in Maryland and took a five-hour drive up there. And, um, and uh, he gave me a really hard interview. It was really tough on me. I thought I wasn't going to get the job and uh -huh. somehow I did. So cool. And so what was that? What was the first like actual job? What was the first um, thing you were doing? For yeah, him? basically I was um, I was uh, 
called a marketing consultant was the mm -hmm. title. And I was out there trying to, um, um, Remax had some areas, they were a franchise and, so, and a sub-franchise, and so they had some areas they weren't doing as well in as they were in other places. Right. And so they had me go into some of the places that were uh, kind of not, you know, they were going slow, they got the wrong people in there maybe in the beginning, and they wanted right. to get the right people. And so I was going out there and I was interviewing real estate agents. Wow. Four, two, four, six, eight, sometimes ten in a day, uh -huh. back to back, trying to understand who would be the best person for a Remax office in that particular town? So you're you're picking leaders to open up. Are, they're called branches, or yeah, what are they called? Remax Just offices. Remax offices. You know, the nice word for it is a recruiter. Right. But what I was really doing is stealing the best agents from other companies. Okay. okay. That's how yeah. I got my career started, stealing the yeah, best agents still in, from other Yeah, the best talent. Finding so you're building the A-team. You're building the A-team. Building the A-team, and that's actually what the whole principle of Remax is and why it's successful. Is building the, is they, there they, people? They went after the best people in every office. I didn't sit there and, and just meet with people that were doing three real estate transactions a year. Mm -hmm. I was going for those people that were doing 40, 50, 60, 100. Right. Those are the people I'm trying to get them to go from a very traditional type of, you can call it any other thing, call a banker, Century 20, any other real estate brand, right. you know, out there. And I was trying to um, convince them and to, you know, see what the benefits and merits of opening up a Remax office would be. Yeah, that's, that's incredible. How many offices did you open in that venture? You know, I don't think I could give you a, um, a successful number because honestly that wasn't about numbers either mm -hmm. and they're all um, over the u.s they're over the u.s yeah okay. so, so you're, were you flying all over the place and um, traveling for that yeah time? what what they did was um there were certain areas that remax international purchased uh -huh. that were not doing well so they placed me in certain areas i think i started out in virginia richmond virginia area and then i went on to the western uh, part of virginia uh -huh. and then from there i believe i went to phoenix arizona which was another area where they were dealing with a really really tough competitor right over there and then from there i went to denver and such yeah right that's awesome um so in w where from there from real estate did you because because that was very much kind of an entrepreneurial type job yeah wouldn't you agree like you're very much kind of your own boss in that position yes. in some sense but where did you go from there to just pure entrepreneurship, um, f completely from scratch yeah. and everything? Yeah. What was the transition well, there? Yeah, great question. Um, I, I think that I think it's a little bit of a um, a misnomer that entrepreneurs are only people who own businesses. Okay. Yeah. So and I want to talk a lot. Yeah, I'll yeah. elaborate on that and talk a little bit more about that because um, you know I, th I I have seen some of the most incredible entrepreneurs. Um, in businesses, you know, they could be a marketing director, they could be uh, anybody in that business, but I've seen some of the most successful people just working for other companies and mm -hmm. doing an entrepreneur, everything that an entrepreneur does, because an entrepreneur is not business owner or not business owner. Really? Okay, yeah. Uh, what, a, uh, what a true entrepreneur is, uh, entrepreneurial, it's a mindset much more than it is do I own a business or do I not own a business? Mm -hmm. And great companies, I think, really try to foster those employees to have entrepreneurial thinking. Right. Yeah. Right. So you're saying entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship, entrepreneur, being an <laughs> entrepreneur. That is one of is, the hardest things about being an entrepreneur is saying it. Is saying it. <laughs> yeah. If that's the toughest thing, then that's pretty yeah. darn and, and then try good. to try to say it 10 times fast and right? you know you're going to fail. We won't even go, to, go <laughs> no, there. No, let's not. But being an entrepreneur doesn't necessarily mean running and starting your own business. Um, now, being an entrepreneur is a mindset more than anything. It's a mindset. An ab I was an entrepreneur when I was shoveling, um, shoveling at the Guiding Eyes for the Blind. Right. And I was an entrepreneur when I was um, working for Remax. Right. And building territories that were not working out for them. Right. I was an entrepreneur. I was an employee. Right. So what makes the difference between an employee and what you would define as an entrepreneur? Well, yes. So. 
um, are basically the entrepreneurial mindset. Mm -hmm. I believe it's it's real simple. Mm -hmm. Okay, and so w what I'm going to say is, if you think in terms of um, a vision, is uh, is the first thing. So um, having a vision uh, is par is probably the first, and I'm going to say the most important entrepreneurial mindset. Now, it doesn't have to be a vision for a business. It could be a vision for making the business you're already in better. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, That's it great. really is. So and vision, having vision is that differentiating factor from an employee to an entrepreneur? Yes. And I, I would vision? like to tell your audience that yeah. I, I, um, you could be working firmly working for somebody else in a company and um, not having your own business, that's where you start your entrepreneurship. Don't wait until you come out and have, you know, put a shingle out there and start a business. That's, that's too late. Do it now, wherever you're at. Mm -hmm. So you can go home tonight and tell your wife, I'm an entrepreneur. <laughs> okay. 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 So, um, so that's great. Uh, now, we actually, I, I reached out, told people that I ha was having you on the show and had some folks submit some questions for you. So I'd like to um, have them take a couple questions or have you answer a couple of yes. our, our audience members' questions. Um, I'm, I'm glad to do that, but I just want to know if first that you would like, um, I have two other items that go along with the entrepreneurial mindset. Yeah. Did you want to cover that first or yes. do you want to go into the questions yes. and then come back Absolutely. to Absolutely. Take take back re, rewind give yeah. us <laughs> rewind. give us the meat. That's what we're here for. Give us yeah. give us give us the content cuz um, I do think that that now thinking back to it, I think that might confuse a lot of people saying I'm in a I'm working for X company but I'm an entrepreneur. I think there's a lot of people that would disagree with your definition of entrepreneurs. So please, I would I would love yeah. um, some more elaboration on that. Yeah. So um, so vi um, basically, vision, the things that set an entrepreneur apart, and why you can be an entrepreneur even when you're working for somebody mm -hmm. is because in my mind, the mindset of the entrepreneur is the most important thing, mm -hmm. and it's vision passion and action vision passion, passion and action and action yes are the three Things, fundamentals three fundamentals that anybody like i said anybody can go home if you're willing to adopt that mindset you, um, you can become an entrepreneur not five years ago when you start your business mm -hmm. tomorrow right so it's it's just changing the way that you're thinking Okay, uh -huh. and no, entrepreneurs are not born. You don't you don't come out of you know your mom <laughs> mm -hmm. saying you know saying that uh, I'm an entrepreneur or not. You can become one tomorrow. Isn't that isn't that a great thing to know? Right, right. Yeah, and now, you don't have to go to school. Now, um, on the flip side, though, you you still have to have the skills, right? Not everyone is bred to be a leader and an entrepreneur. Um, like, what are some of the skill, like, how, how, what's the best way to word this? Um, well, I think I, I think I can help you there. Yeah, please, yeah. because I'm, I'm trying to, f um, lay this out. Yeah, I know you're really here. trying to help the audience understand yeah. this because it's kind of a little bit of a breakthrough idea. You know, right. like I said, a lot of people think they got to go start their own business right. to become, to have that label, you know, right. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm saying don't. Let's do it tomorrow. Let's do it today. Right. Let's do it right, right. now. VPA. Now, VPA. now it's, yeah. it's easy to say flip a switch and become an entrepreneur yeah. tomorrow. In reality, what what's what? Yeah, what does that bet. person need? Yep. What's a, what's what are, what are the tools that person needs? That's a great question. Thank you. Let's start with what they don't need. Okay. Okay. Great. great. You don't need a college education. You don't need your parents' permission. You don't need your wife's permission or your spouse's permission, I should say. Um, you uh, don't need to have graduated high school. And um, and you don't really need anything. You just need to change your mindset. 
VPA, vision, passion, and action. And I think um, for the audience's um, benefit, perhaps let's kind of talk about each one of these. Right. And then we'll break it down a little yeah, bit more. Yeah, please. You know, please do. Heck, if we're, telling them, if we're telling everybody that they can become an entrepreneur overnight, we should probably, you know, like, give, let's, yeah. Give them a little more than, <laughs> it, go do it. VPA, go be an baby. entrepreneur <laughs> tomorrow. Yeah, go do it. Exactly. What is, so yeah. vision is yeah. the first one. V vision is the first one. And uh, honestly, if you really think about it, a lot of people, um, a lot of people's entrepreneurial vision, mm -hmm. it, it's not something that you can see. So, it, but it, you can walk outside or, or drive down and through any city and um, see evidence of a vision, okay? Mm -hmm. So have you, seen, have you ever seen a big, beautiful glass office building? It's just mm -hmm. gorgeous. It's got all the right shapes and curves to it. Right. Or a home, okay? Well, all that starts with a vision. Right. Really? That's just somebody's idea in their head. Uh-huh. Okay. And they and they formulated it out. So mm -hmm. they not only had that idea in their head, they, you know, kind of probably drew it out on a piece of paper, said, this is the building I want to build. Right. Yeah. So now, um, I think that concept gets a little tough for people um, when it comes to a business because um, a lot of times they think in terms of business plan, um, but really a business is no different than a building. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in formulating a business, you, you've got to put that vision in your head and, and you have to kind of not only say, I'd like to have a business, you'd ha you really have to get down and say, you know, here's the business I want to have. That's really what it boils down to. So I, the vision. Yeah. This is the business and business I want to have. Yeah. And so for someone who's maybe an account director in a um, large SaaS company yeah. or technology company or something like that. What does that mean for them? Well, it means for them um, that they have a better way of doing something that's gonna serve up the customer better, faster, less expensive, more efficiently. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so, um, or it could be a brand new idea. So I'll, I'll give you an example in my own world. So when I was a consultant, um, I saw the need. Um, I, 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 I was a marketing consultant mm -hmm. and I spent a lot of time trying to get my clients to um, communicate with their own customers. Uh -huh. And I got to the point where I got tired of asking them, hey, did you get your newsletter done yet? You know, you got it going out there to all your customers. Right. No, didn't have time to do it. And so, um, uh, and almost any marketing consultant, you know, you can spend a lot of money on a marketing consultant to tell you you need to communicate with your own customers, right. sell more to your own customers, and those kinds of things. So this was a marketing principle I knew was super duper important, mm -hmm. and I knew it wasn't getting done. Right. And I knew a lot of businesses, even businesses with marketing departments, weren't able to make it happen. Right. So, so the point you're making here is find where the need is and fill that gap and that is where you can create that vision. So if you're in that position, you see where things are lacking, instead of just complaining about them and and grunting through it every day, yeah. actually taking uh, steps and creating a vision to solve that problem, whether it's creating that new business or you're the CTO of a technology company and you're, you have a project in, in that particular division. Absolutely. That's what you're saying. Yes, I, um, I sketched out the vision for um, Proven Systems, which would eventually become Active Blogs. Right. It's a 17-year-old business now. Yeah. I sketched out the, um, the way that was gonna work on a bar napkin. You hear that? 17-year <laughs> business, and he sketched it out on a bar napkin. What, 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 what was the, what was the... Drinking beer does pay off. Drinking beer pay, and we're in Colorado, <laughs> so you can... Absolutely, you can take, yeah. Perfect, so, so, so you, did you just, was this something you had been thinking on and formulating, and you're just like, you know what, I need to get this down, or were you just in the blip of a moment, you're like, oh, I need to, this yeah. is a business idea, like, I need to yeah. after this. Yes, um, the, the business idea always kind of comes over time and it's something mm -hmm. that probably gnaws at you. I mean, yes, you can have an instant idea 
However, mine came as a direct result of a need that I saw out there. Uh -huh. Nobody was doing it. Um, it was seven, you know, 10 years, 12 years before content, you know, the content explosion even happened out right. there. And so that's why we're still in business because it was way ahead of its time. Definitely right. on the bleeding edge, you know, because uh, there was a lot of convincing going on as to why anybody would need a newsletter or content or a website at right. that point in time. So yeah, this is definitely on the bleeding edge of things, not on the leading edge of things. And um, yeah. and so that's what's kind of kept us uh, around for so long. Right. Yeah. But the point back to vision, uh -huh. I think that's really you know where we want to go with this is a lot of people say they don't have an idea for a business. Uh -huh. um, what they're real, what really, what I see successful entrepreneurs do that other people don't do is they turn something that is nothing currently into something. Mm -hmm. And that all has to start in your head. So um, a lot of times when people start things in their head, people think they're crazy. You know, <laughs> hey, I just started a business in my head. Right. You know, I have no idea whether it's going to work. I have no idea who my customers are going to be. I have no idea what's going to happen. Right. You know, so you, you can start a successful business in your head. As a matter of fact, you almost have to. Uh -huh. I think the difference between an entrepreneur and somebody that doesn't kind of get to that level are if you have to be somebody that everything has to be proven to them first, mm -hmm. um, I'd say that would be a huge roadblock to anybody out there becoming an entrepreneur. Um, don't need to see anything before you have an idea and get it down on paper. You have to dream the impossible dream. The person who built that building probably never saw that building before. It probably just came to, to their head. The person who wrote that book probably did the same thing. Mm -hmm. You don't need to, um, you don't need to uh, know that it's going to happen, know how it's going to happen, know who's going to get it done. Don't know any of those things. Just have enough um, vision. Mm -hmm to get it down right. in your head, believe it, make it happen. It's not going to be the same thing. It's not going to, the, there's going to be a lot of roadblocks and things that come into play yeah, you know, along the way and a lot of details that have to get in place. But while you're forming your vision, that's not the place to start telling yourself why it can't happen. Right. Yeah. And you, don't let anybody else do and, that either. And do you think that that's probably where most people get hung up is that they worry too much about the action and start thinking too much on it. And then that vision never follows those other two steps of passion and action. Well, the action is the third thing in place, but mm -hmm. the vision has got to come first. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but I think that a lot of people never, um, again, do you believe in ghosts? Okay. Well, you can't see a ghost. You can't touch a ghost. You can't feel a ghost. So most people don't believe in ghosts. Do you believe in ghosts? <laughs> <laughs> I, think that, I think that's for uh, Coast to Coast, George Norrie show. <laughs> he does a we'll lot better job at that than I do. Okay, uh, we'll so, save that yeah, for I another time. I don't know about uh, if I want to de um, declare ghosts or UFOs <laughs> at this point. Like, I don't think we want to go down there. However... Um, now we're going to UFOs. <laughs> we are going from entrepreneurship to ghost to UFOs. This yeah, there might you be go. The, the first episode may be the best episode. <laughs> you go, can only go get ahead. it here. Go ahead. Yeah, so, so anyways, um, so the answer um, to your question is, I think, you know, maybe eight, the 80-20 rule, the, it's a Pareto principle. Right. You know, 20% of the action, 80%. I think maybe 10 or 20% of people can really formulate a vision in their head. And probably 80% of people can't get past the fact that it's never been done before. Uh -huh. I don't know how it's gonna get done. Boy, they get tripped up before they ever get started. Too hung uh, up in the details. Way hung up in the details. Interesting. I see the thing that separates entrepreneurs from non-entrepreneurs, whether they're in a company or whether they're, and that's why I'm saying this is a mindset, not right, a, right. not a, I own a business thing. Right. Um, or whether they ever get their business off the ground or they make their, um, their division, you know, they innovate some things that they never had before, right. which creates success in their division. That has to come from a vision as well. Yeah. So there's people out there doing that, working in companies every single day. Yeah, um, absolutely. So the entrepreneur, um, yeah, uh, yes, you've got you've to gotta go 
where no man has gone before uh -huh. in that vision and yes it's in your head and yes it's not real but yes it is real right it is real because thoughts are real things right so, thoughts are real yep. things so the when they're followed yep. by passion and action yes and and i would say to take that vision to the next step is to get it down mm -hmm. okay even force yourself to get it down mm -hmm. and when we get onto the action part of things you know i'll talk a little bit about the the action and yeah the, we'll talk know, the give it to us now it yeah um, well let's um before we move on to action because uh -huh. that's the third thing on the entrepreneurial mindset list sure i i'd say um let's talk about passion please okay yeah because um what is passion you know passion is is the fuel that's going to drive your vehicle where you want it to go okay okay and you can have you know the finest car out there not have any fuel in it and you're not going anywhere mm -hmm. right so that's the same you know just passion is fuel mm -hmm. okay now the trick again of getting that to that entrepreneurial mindset and over that hurdle from vision to uh, passion is um, you have to have passion about something that's just a vision that's not real. Right. Okay. Right. So we're really asking people to make a pretty big leap here. Yeah. You know, and the leap is you have a vision which is invisible. Right. And you've got a and you got to have passion for that vision which nobody can see, taste, or feel. Boy, you're headed for the loony bin no matter what. Okay. <laughs> you know, now, the friends and family, you wonder why so many friends and family kind of talk people out of doing things before it ever happens. Yeah. It's because you got to get in your mindset these two things and, and be set on them here. First. Right. Yeah. So what, um, how does someone find passion? Well, or do um, you just have to have it? No, I think that's a great question. Um, I think that one of the most, uh, well, again, for people who are just getting started in their career, just trying to get going, I I'm going to say one of the best exercises that you can go through before you take that first job or maybe have that first job or second job, but before you kind of make any major life careers changes, is figure out what you were meant to do in life. I think that's so important. And you say, oh, that's a bunch of, you know, thing I can't really touch or taste or feel. Um, but I really think going through that exercise mm -hmm. and say to yourself, what was I really meant to do? Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not saying, I'm not saying you have to save the world or save the whales or say, you know, it doesn't have to be, you know, um, at that level. However, it can be at that level. Mm -hmm. it, it, it really is more about what are the things you're great at? What are the things that when you wake up in the morning, you are so excited that, you know, nobody's going to stop you, mm -hmm. you know? Now, I think, I think a lot of people have a tough time finding that. Wouldn't you agree? Yes. And I'm just telling you, like I said, it's a kind of another one of those, you know, uh, voodoo, hoodoo, you know, kinds of things where you can't touch, you know, it's kind of esoteric. You know, like are you, your buddy calls you and says, hey, let's go to the bar and, you know, do, you know, let's go to the bar and hang out. You know, you're certainly not going to be like, no, I'm trying to get in touch with who I am in life. You know, uh -huh. so you're not going to be telling your buddies at that point in time or right. your friends or family or whatever. And so it's not something, you know, people just like come out and really talk about. Mm -hmm. However, do you think they should? Well, I think, yeah, I think they should. Um, but I, I think that, honestly, I wouldn't wait for people to do it because mm -hmm. I just don't think it's a, you know, it's just not one of those topics of discussions. Uh -huh. You know, how did the Broncos do this weekend and, you know, what's your vision in life? You know, right, just the right. things just don't work at bars, you know. Right. Don't try it on first dates. But on the macro, on, 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 the, on the big level here, yeah. do you think someone who is now, they saw this and tomorrow they want to become an entrepreneur, um, um, so, and I totally just uh, lost yeah, what I was yeah, saying. Yeah. Tomorrow they want to become an entrepreneur. What, what is, what is the, um, d like, should they be talking to people 
about their passion and telling them, look, I'm in this new thing, I'm, yeah. I'm going into this venture, and should they be telling everyone about that or just put their head down and well, do it? I think, um, you know, I think a good precursor um, to that entrepreneurial mindset and, and really, um, you know, kind of coming out there and um, uh, getting and formulating your vision, I think the precursor to that vision would be to uh, would be to get in touch with really kind of what you were put on this earth to do. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now I know when you're 25, um, that may be a little bit harder. But I got to tell you something though. It, it's really funny because I think that a lot of people really kind of know it inherently, anyways. Mm -hmm. And honestly, the thing that you're afraid to do, and that really like kind of puts the fear in your heart right is probably the thing that you should be looking at you know? yeah. yeah so the biggest fear is yeah. really where you should go yeah because the thing that fears that. you the most is the thing that juices you up the most and the only reason you're fearful it's like that job that you absolutely want you can go on five interviews you really don't want that much right but you know you can go on that one dream job and really you know, kind of uh, mess it up because you're just, yeah. you're, you're fearful of it. Right. That's the same thing with finding your passion in life. And the funny thing about it is, because um, I, you know, I've sat there and gone through that exercise, uh -huh. you know, recently. And I gone through that exercise back a while ago. And honestly, the same thing that I probably would have told you at 25 that I wanted, you know, that I was put here to do uh -huh. is probably that same thing that I, if I sat down, I tell you now. Right. You know? And, and yeah. so I really think going, it's not that thing where you have to go, you know, kind of, you don't have to go to Tibet and sit on a mountainside. Right. You know, you really just got to kind of free up your time and, Find yourself. you know, get, get yourself away from things and people. And I don't think right. asking other people really is the best way to do it because this is one of those things that is really, you know, deep down inside. Yeah. yeah. It's more like being honest with yourself. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And finding that thing that like, you're so fearful of it, you've been putting it off. That's probably the darn thing the, you need to just exactly. go. Yeah, you need just to like go, go into attack. So, so yeah, so, so we stay focused here. Um, you know, I think that the, um, you know, so doing that exercise, e precursor to your vision, uh -huh. circling back and then, you know, and then getting that passion, you know, uh -huh. where is that, is this vision gonna give me the passion that yeah. I really need to drive me through? Don't go forward with the vision if you can't muster up that passion. Right, yeah. and then take action yeah. on it. It's like, it's like building a Ferrari and saying, I'm not gonna spend the money to put the gas in it. Right. Okay, now, so going on to action. Yes. You wanna talk about action yet? Or very we quick, okay, very um, quick. we're running yep. out of time you here. Betcha. Give me action, and then I have a couple questions from yeah. our audience, and then we'll, uh, and then we'll, uh, and, and yeah, so pl please, yes. action, give me your quickest summary of action. Okay. Does anybody know here that um, I invented Redbox? Redbox. Yep. Do you know what Redbox is? Redbox is where you go. It's they're outside of a lot of McDonald's and things oh, like that. Oh, the movie. You thing. Go get a movie. Yeah. Right. I invented that. Right. Yeah. I never made a dime from it, but I invented Redbox. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so the reason that discussion is important when it comes to action is, uh -huh. um, I invented Redbox, and somebody else made the money. Well, how the heck did somebody else make the money when I invented it? Uh-huh. Well, I invented it, I wrote it down on a piece of paper, I told my friends, and then I stuck it in the drawer and I forgot about it. Uh. And then about, you know, three years later, I'm walking outside of into a McDonald's to get a Big Mac, and I see a Ray Redbox, okay? <laughs> somebody invented my Redbox, all right? Um, I had the vision, I had the passion for it, Uh-huh. I didn't take the action. Uh huh. So that's why action is the next, very third next thing on my list. Yeah. Because a lot of times people get that vision. They're even passionate about it, but they don't act on it. Wow. And you got to fight through the fear. You, and now, so you have to organize yourself, take action. And, um, and those are the, I, I, the three things that are going to give you that entrepreneurial mindset. Yeah. Whether you're at a job, whether you're um, at college, or whether you are actually starting a business that yeah. nobody's ever heard of before. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So the so the action. Yeah. I think a lot of people have that as well, where 
they're, they have this incredible idea and then the multi-billion dollar idea, you know, Uber came out and everyone goes, well, I thought of yeah, Uber first. Exactly. I you could know, have thought of that I one. thought of Uber years yeah. ago. I should have had a Fresca. Well, you know, you know? what? You, yeah, the, <laughs> you didn't take action on yeah. that. So it's useless. Absolutely. You can have, you can have the vision, you can have the passion, but that third differentiator is taking the action. Yeah. And swift action, because the longer you sit on something, the less likely it's going to happen. That's great. Any, any, um, anything else on um, vision, passion, and action? And then we're going to take a couple quick questions here. I'm ready for the questions. Awesome. So our first question comes from Calvin Wayman. He is 29 years old and from northern Arizona. His question for you is, being in marketing for 16 years, I'd love to know what he had, what you've seen as the biggest changes in marketing and where you see attention going now. Yeah, so, um, well, I'd say the biggest change in marketing is, um, I, I think, first of all, is the internet. Mm -hmm. um, when I first started se selling newsletters, we did go into email newsletters. Uh -huh. so, um, so, Calvin, I'm going to say um, the progression is, you know, the internet has changed everything, digital marketing has changed everything, content marketing has changed everything, right. and the way that buyers buy, whether you're in B2 business to business or business to consumer, the buyer is in control. You as the seller have no control. You are there to help the buyer buy. Even sales has changed a lot. Um, you can't twist people's arm into a sale. They're too educated now. They're going to buy. Too so the educated. Buying, the, bri the buying journey and the buying process has changed. And where I see things going now is um, definitely towards, instead of marketing yourself as a company, marketing yourself as, um, it, it's more of a personal marketing. The name and the face of the company are the experts and the people that can help the clientele within that company and getting their name and face out there. So we're not looking at a company walls and you, nobody can see the interior of who's in there. A company is a group of people doing things. And so um, promoting those people from within and the talent and what you have as a company is I see the next great step in marketing. Awesome, That's, yeah. that was a great answer. And, and by the way, Calvin, thank you so much for the yeah, question. Great really question, appreciate Calvin. you uh, submitting that to us. Our next question comes from Trevor Landgren. Uh, he's 25 years old, lives in Denver here. Why do corporate or traditionally structured companies, especially those that have been around for a while, have difficulty adopting new marketing technology and automation? Quicksand. Quicksand. There you have it, quicksand. Um, Care to elaborate? Yes. Perfect. The more successful you are at something, the harder it is to change. Um, it's very easy to go back to what made your success and wh what created your long-term success. And so um, generally, companies change after it's way too late. So, you, you know, there has to be a lot of pain that creates change. So when you're successful and you're doing things really well, you know, why change anything? Uh -huh. But yet the market could be silently changing behind you. Right. Yeah, so, um, so the kiss of death is comfort and success. You know, it's kind of a catch-22. You obviously want all those things. However, um, you really got to keep your eye on that market and be changing ahead of the curve. And then sometimes if you change too late, you could lose, you know, you could lose it all. Yeah. There's companies like, you know, Sears and Roebuck, a very successful company, one that I like very much, you know, closing hundreds of hundreds of stores. Currently? Um, yeah. Um, wow. And a company like a, um, well, you know, there's, there's, there's um, lots of companies that are out there that are getting clipped off, you know, shrunk down. Barnes & Noble, one of my favorite companies out there. I still think they're successful and doing well, but they're closing stores, mm -hmm. you know. So um, everything's changing. If you try to keep doing the things the same old way um, because they were successful in the past, um, eventually it's going to come up and, you know, hurt. Do you think it's different in business today in that sense from 10 years ago? 
that you that you have to adopt a lot quicker um, now than you did you know 20 30 years ago in a business it's changing much more yeah. dynamically do you think we'll still have as as large a companies like that that are around for that long well I think you know if 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 I was a you know a maker of the square wheel and then the round one came along boy I, I think I'd have to be changing that pretty quick <laughs> you know um, if you owned a typewriter company you know when you know Bill Gates started Microsoft and, right. uh, and you're still trying to make typewriters you know I'd say that uh, you know I'd say that you're in a you've got a tough road to hoe so right you know some change ha happens fast some companies are earlier adopters than others right um, I'm just saying you really gotta be able to you know look at what's out there and make some judgment calls and you know and that's where part of the vision you know vision comes into play again a little bit is you really gotta sometimes change up your whole vision in, in order to adapt mm-hmm yeah. So, so the reason to, to go back and Trevor, thank you for yeah, the question. Great question. Trevor, to go back to Trevor's you. question, it's it's really that comfortability is why they're not they they're using their bread and butter, but they're not continuing to innovate. Is yeah, you go back to your old bag of tricks. You mm -hmm. know, let's go back to cold calling. You know, cold calling. I'm, I, you know, I'm here to tell you, people. People don't want to be cold called in their business. They're busy doing other things. Cold calling is dead. Do you really okay. think it's dead? Completely well, dead? Again, you, uh, uh, there's, there's, I'm not saying picking up the telephone and calling somebody is dead. I'm saying opening up a business relationship through calling, mm -hmm. through cold calling somebody when they don't know who you are mm -hmm. and you're just calling out of the blue, dialing for dollars. I'd say, I'm not saying it doesn't work still, okay, so don't get me wrong. Right. What I'm really saying is it's not the best way to start a business relationship. Right. You know, catching a busy executive while he's working on his annual reports or when he's, you know, working on his marketing plan or when he's doing something totally differently and calling him out of the blue about a subject matter he's not ready to talk to you about is not the best foot forward to open up a business relationship. Right. Yeah. So then here's the million dollar question and then I have one last yeah, one, one more for you. What is the way to get the relationships built now? If picking up yeah. the phone like you did in Remax 20, you know, yeah. when you first started and got that your foot in the door acceptable. there, yeah. that was acceptable then. What works now? Yeah. Yeah, back then it was kind of almost a badge of honor to be, a, you know, to, t to do some telemarketing and cold calling. Uh -huh. And hey, this guy's got guts to pick up the phone and call me. I'm going to talk to him. Uh -huh. It's not a badge of honor anymore. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, the um, you know the new way to do that in the business and professional environment I see is LinkedIn as being the most underutilized, undervalued um, way to grow a business mm -hmm. um, professionally. Now Facebook and other social media absolutely come into play. I, my business happens to be in the business to business world where we're, we're reaching out to other business owners. Mm -hmm. That's where they are in the professional format on LinkedIn. And, and so um, I see that, uh, um, I see so many resumes and people who aren't even on LinkedIn yet or they just don't even have their photo up there yet. Start there, guys. You know, that's, yeah. uh, that's the marketplace of the world and they, you have a direct connection. People like when you connect with them on LinkedIn and that is the new, you know, badge of honor is uh, reaching out with some hel a helping hand to somebody on LinkedIn yeah. versus, you know, calling them in their office when they're not expecting a phone call. Right. Yeah. Great. Okay. Any, as we start wrapping up here, any last thoughts or information, what would you like to relay to our audience of entrepreneurs, the next generation of business leaders, world problem solvers? What is it that you would like to share with them? Yeah. Don't, Wait for somebody else to call you an entrepreneur. You decide if you have it within, you know, in, deep down inside to um, create a vision. Well, let me back up for a second to find out what your purpose in life is, create a vision around that, fuel it with passion, and overcome fear and go forward on that with action. That's all you need to do. 
You do that, go home, tell everybody you're an entrepreneur, and then follow through with it. That's great. Thank you. It's awesome having you. So everyone, really appreciate you uh, tuning into our very first episode. That was uh, Mile High Mentors. Be sure to go follow us on social at Connor Doobie for behind the scenes content, as well as insights into the production of the show and giving announcements for upcoming guests. If you'd like to submit a question to Mile High Mentors, please email us at milehighmentors at gmail.com and we'll figure out if we want to set up a recorded question for you or if you want to write us a question. Uh, thanks again to Denver Open Media. And other than that, well, thanks to our guests and we'll look forward to uh, talking with all of you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you or your company are looking to jump into the podcast world, now is the time. The Plug Agency is here to connect you to the full power of podcasting. You just record and leave the rest to us. The people are listening and want to hear from you. Theplug-agency.com. That's theplug-agency.com. Click the link in the episode description for an exclusive offer.